Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, Definitive Developers Podcast, and Fantabulous Chelsea Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson, and our producer, William Jeffries. And today we'll be talking about effective one-on-ones. Why bother having them? One-on-ones are scary. We'll talk about why you should have them, some bad experiences, and how you can turn them for the better. Yeah, I guess that is kind of scary. Just, you know, locking yourself in a room with another human being. It's very intimate. Yeah. Hey, do you have a second? You want to catch up? Let's talk about something. <laughs> oh, this is going to be bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's always going to be like, whoa, whoa, what did I do now? I guess that's like kind of an example of a bad one-on-one, right? Like when you don't have it very frequently and then like all of a sudden it's like, we need to talk. <laughs> it's like, oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so before we begin, let's try to define what is a one-on-one. Besides the, hey, let's talk. What entails a one-on-one? And then we could talk about some bad experiences and then some good ones. There yeah. are three people there. Wait, no, that's not right. <laughs> totally not. I mean, there are a lot of Dilbert cartoons on this. Like, uh, we're, like <laughs> trying to find some good articles on this when we were writing the outline for the episode. Found so many Dilbert cartoons like about management and like what it, what it means to have a relationship with your manager. And I, I guess like a one-on-one is just a reoccurring meeting that occurs like regularly that you can have uh, open discussion with your manager. I think like everything else is like up to you guys to decide what, what that is, right? What is it good for? Why have one? Well, I guess like to have them frequent is important and like to have a touch base on the individual you want to catch up with is a particular good reason for me to have a one-on-one. Kind of like a litmus test of, hey, how's it going? Or I have some feedback for you. Like, you know that there's a scheduled opportunity for this to happen. And just because we have this doesn't mean it's going to be all bad news. But we have that space to converse and have those things. It's going to be mostly bad news. But. Yeah, yeah, mostly bad news. <laughs> but, you know, you know sprinkle some good in there and then just like, you know, more bad. No, but that is, is an example of a bad one, right? Like if the manager has this one-on-one and it's just talking to you mm-hmm. all the time and telling you what went wrong, all these other things. Yeah, that's a huge red flag. If, if your manager is spending the whole time talking and you're not spending any time talking... And your manager's not spending any time listening. Right. Yeah, I think this that's is the key thing. Like it, it's time to listen and get some rapport, but it, that ex- involves an exchange of information. Yeah, because like, you know, the communication should go both ways for both the, both individuals. And this doesn't always have to be a manager-managee relationship. It could also be a one-on-one within two developers. But if one developer is doing all the talking and not listening or not reacting to the things that the other individual said, then it's just like bad communication altogether. Yeah, it's kind of nice to like take some time and just build a rapport with people and get to know them in a different context than in front of a computer screen. Right. Why not do that in groups? You don't. I personally feel like you shouldn't do it in a group if the event that you have to give, like, I don't want to use the word sensitive feedback, but like critical feedback, you don't want to have an audience when you do that. It's just like, it may put someone on the spot for that particular piece of feedback that would be much more effective if it was a one-on-one. I feel like people have different communication styles too. So, you know, some people may just be quieter in a larger group, so... If you want to actually engage with them, then you might need to 
take steps to build the meeting around that engagement style that they have. For example, like some people might want to have an outline about like what kind of things you're going to be talking about. So it's not like really nerve wracking. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. You can't, you don't have your thoughts prepared ahead of time. Yeah. I think that's a, a common trait in introverts, a desire to spend time ahead of time looking at the agenda and preparing your thoughts. And then they end up being much more effective in the meeting because the extroverts actually don't bother preparing at all. That's a particular framework that a lot of one-on-ones can do. And oftentimes, unfortunately, the the manager or the person who's leading the one-on-one may not follow a formula, which can make the other person very tense. I have definitely been in this situation before where you do not realize that the person you're having the one-on-one just really needs an agenda. And it's like, why? Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> So what are what are some other bad things besides like not having an agenda? This is probably more manager specific, but like asking only yes or no questions can be a bad practice because you don't get the chance for the individual to explain with open-ended questions when you want to figure out like a solution to a problem. Like, oh, did you think this piece was hard? No. And that's it. Like rather than saying, what about that particular piece of code made it more difficult for you? Kind yeah, of, kind of bit. And then or they like, can what, go. Did you did you enjoy that difficulty? Like, is there like some color you can add to that? Yeah. Like, is I don't know. Like, there are hard things in my life that I enjoy because, like, I'm like getting something out of it. Right. And there are hard things that I in my life that I don't enjoy because I'm not <laughs> getting anything out of it. Right. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of color that you can add by just having an open and question. Right. And I think for manager to kind of get those thoughts and in you know in an expressive way that isn't just the yes or no is much more beneficial to the manager to apply it to the team what if you know you're in the middle of doing something that's like pretty critical and you don't have that much time to have a meeting right now and your manager's just like no you got to get in here we need to have this meeting right now oh that that would be kind of alarming it's like, oh, what is it that's even you explaining that situation makes my hair rise because it's like, <laughs> oh, what did I do wrong that I have to stop what I'm doing to listen to what's going on? Like, you know, you're about to get berated or something. I don't know. Like, I know what you did last summer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo, we need to talk right now. Like, right. that. that's pretty scary. Yeah. And your, your head's not going to be in it, too, because like you have something else that you're working on that's important as well. So... I mean, I guess it's it's good to have the time set aside and like dedicated, like this is your time to interact with me. But, you know, if this isn't the most important thing for you right now, then that's, there's a space for some understanding with that. Right. Yeah. I guess that we mentioned before, part of the planning, like if you don't bring a framework to the meeting, the least you could do is have it scheduled so that it doesn't come abruptly or critically like that. Oh, yeah. I, I love having recurring meetings because yeah. like, finding time for a meeting is one of my least favorite activities, <laughs> speaking of like, <laughs> things in my life that I don't like doing. Yeah. It's just so much easier if like the meeting just happens naturally, which I, I guess is why people like having sprints because there's a rhythm to it. Right. So what do you personally find useful about your one-on-ones? What I find useful about the one-on-one, like if it's a reoccurring meeting, as Dave mentioned, is the space to allow one another to share feedback 
And I think that that's like really important in building rapport and understanding other individuals is being able to have the space to share feedback that happened throughout the week or throughout the day and get your thoughts and share your thoughts with someone else and see what they feel and think and respond to that. I find that very useful because suppose I wanted to change the way GitHub branches are named. Okay. And I make that change without asking anyone because I'm used to doing it a certain way. I would expect like in the 101 for someone to bring that up. Like, hey, you, you have been writing your GitHub branches this way. We've been doing it this way. Do you mind like following the convention? Like, oh, snap. I didn't know there was a convention. I'm sorry. Like, we'll do that. That convention is actually much clearer than what I had in mind. Like to mm-hmm. have that space, that opportunity to share thoughts about the work that I've been doing and that I've been contributing is good for me because then I'm able to do continue doing good stuff and stop doing bad stuff. <laughs> there you go yeah that's a lot I, of words <laughs> i i agree i i think for me like in a, in a similar vein like i really enjoy having some some time to like have an exchange with someone that's like really focused and you know something that we can kind of gain some clarity around different things that you know we may not have time to talk about in like the day-to-day i think that they're effective for certain conversations that you wouldn't want to have in public in addition to feedback, like asking for a raise, for example. It's nice to have a regular touch point with your manager where you can say, <laughs> like, I'd like a promotion or, you I'm, know. I'm imagining this in a manager with all of his reportees where someone just like, give me more money. <laughs> <laughs> it starts a chant. More money, right. more, more money, money, more money. <laughs> oh, that, that went well. <laughs> I also think one-on-ones are an effective moment to really get a sense of how a person is doing. If you manage someone, having some time set aside to find out how engaged they are with their work is really useful because it's a thing that it's easy to take for granted and just assume that because the person isn't complaining and because they, you know, they're getting their work done and they seem fine that everything is actually fine. But when people start to become unhappy enough to want to leave it. It's usually a gradual process of disengagement where, you know, they start to feel like they're not making a ton of progress or, you know, they feel like they don't have enough autonomy in their work or they're just like not really clear on what their role is anymore. And things start to get sloppy and start to fall apart. And even they may still be doing a good job, but if you if you have a one-on-one with them, an opportunity to, to really dig into what their, you know, professional goals are, what their aspirations are, you know, what feedback they have, not just for you, but for the company and for the role that they're in. I think you can, you can short circuit that process and, and avoid attrition. Yeah. I, I guess a lot of that stuff that you're talking about is like kind of squishier. It's like non-technical. It's just not really measurable. It's more like, how are you feeling? Like, how is the general sense of your journey in this company, in this career going? Which is, is good. Like, you know, not everything has to be measurable. Yeah, and like you can't learn that from, you know, pull request comments or like comments on a piece of code. Like you would get that information from a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's nothing that gets overlooked often because you know, you know, Bobby's not complaining. So so he's having a he's having an okay time. Like he's he's churning out code and things are great, but it's possible that Bobby may not be, you know, like engaged in the work that he or she is currently doing and it just doesn't they end up leaving for for those reasons yeah 
I guess you, you touched on this a little bit as well, but there is like kind of the here and now of like what's what's happening, what progress are you making? And then there's the the longer term picture of like goals that you're setting and your career and where you're trying to go with things. That's an important like thing to have some time set aside to do. And one-on-ones are, are definitely more fit for that than a group setting. Yeah, I think part of the responsibility of the manager is to make sure that their employees are happy enough that they stay employees. And I think the one-on-one is a really powerful tool for doing that. I think one thing that I've used one-on-ones at in my tenure at Stride is to kind of be able to have a space where we can discuss what just happened. And that could be both negative and positive. Like if for whatever reason, I felt like like I was disrespected for whatever reason, I could definitely ask for someone to to go into a room and then we'll have a discussion like, hey, you know, I, I personally felt attacked because of X, Y, and Z. And I just want to let you know that, that I, that I feel, you know, unhappy about the way that I was just treated in front of the entire team and stuff like that. And being able to hash out particular problems that you may have with your teammates is like definitely a thumbs up because the more you can kind of point to a problem and see what kind of solutions you could get out of it, like the more rapport you get with that individual. I found it very helpful to like be able to talk to someone about something that just happened. Like the earlier you can give the feedback, the better. I think in the discussion that Dave mentioned where things are critical and you need to stop what you're doing, like that is is extreme. But like, hey, when you have a second, can I catch up with you for five minutes? Yeah. And try to keep it five minutes. Like that's another thing. Don't don't say five minutes and then keep it for 30. Try to find the amount of time where you want to keep, you know, the feedback short and concise, depending on the amount of time that you have, because the other individual may not have more than five minutes. Yeah, or like if you have serious feedback, don't ask for five minutes because it's not going to be that fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the elusive five minutes. Yeah, it's yeah, just a five then, minutes. Then you just like have enough time to make the other person feel shitty and like no time for them to respond or process at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Just like just drop a bomb. Uh, <laughs> and that's the feedback. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> I think when the engineering team gets comfortable with having to get kind of like pulled aside and it doesn't always have to be negative. Like you can pull someone aside and say, Hey, I just want to let you know that was great stuff that you did back there or the feature that you rolled out and deployed was amazing. And there were no, no hiccups. Great freaking job, stuff like that. Like the more the engineering team gets comfortable with having one-on-ones with other individuals, I think the better the feedback cycle exists with the team and then the team grows and becomes better too. Yeah, definitely. Does anyone have any agendas that they follow when having a one-on-one that makes it effective? Yeah, I've tried a couple of different things. There's a great blog post. I forget the name of it. It's like the seven questions of successful coaching or something catchy like that. I read it a while ago. I think he made a book out of it. So he, he outlines a bunch of, well, he outlines seven good questions. My favorite is, so what's on your mind? I use that one a lot because what I've found is that people actually have the thing that they want to talk about in their head. They just don't feel comfortable bringing it up. And pretty much every other question that you give them is going to lead them to talk about something that fits into your question. But if, yeah. you, if you ask what's on your mind, you get what is actually on their minds. Yeah. 
And since we've been doing one-on-ones at our current client, since you're leading the team currently, one thing that you do that I think is really great, but I also hate (laughs) (laughs) is that like you will ask a question and then just let it sit. Like like you just leave the question hanging and it's like, yes, this is for you. I'm not going to lead you in any direction on this. (laughs) It's amazing. Like, like this is an interview technique. If you are willing to power through the silence, you can get another person to fill it. And like a lot of times that's what people need in order to actually say what they really need to say. That's a superpower. (sighs) Dealing Um, with the silence or like just being quiet and then having the other person jump in and actually tell you what's on their mind. Is that like how it works? It's like you're like, what's on your mind? And the person's like, nothing. And then you just fucking wait. Uh, I'm just going to sit here and look at you expectantly. And eventually you're going to say something other than nothing. (laughs) I mean, it's a game of chicken. Eventually I will break. Unless you just like segue into like a meditation session. (laughs) All right, we're just not going to talk. We're just going to sit here and have a one-on-one at like a a higher plane. There's another agenda that has a little more structure to it that I have been using lately and really like. It starts off with, have you had any big wins since we met last? Which is nice because it puts the person in the mindset. If you regularly ask that question, like every two weeks you get that question, people start to look for the things that are going well, which is a powerful change in mindset. And there's a lot of research in the field of psychology that shows that that can have positive effects in the workplace. Mm. and then so everyone's just like out there with their minds primed for winning yeah and it's like okay well so could i turn this into a win that i could bring up in my next one-on-one yeah i mean i guess like a more neutral way to ask that question would just be like how productive were you this week but then it's just like you're looking for a measurement less than like you know seven productivity units (laughs) points all those points and a new high score there you go. So then I ask about if the person has any updates or if I have any updates for the person. There's like a little segment for that. And then I ask if there are any roadblocks or concerns, like some kind of a problem that they might want to bring up and then talk professional development. And then lastly, and with like some kind of a question to just sort of mix things up. It's different every time. Like you can try and help the person shape their role better by asking something like, you know, if they're, if you could do one thing in your job less, what would it be? Or you could ask a question that try and prompt some feedback for you as the as the manager, like, you know, what's one thing that your last manager did that you liked that I don't do? I find if you just, just straight up point blank ask somebody, hey, can I have some constructive feedback? They will absolutely never give you an answer. Right. <laughs> absolutely never. <laughs> yeah. But if you can kind of like trick them into it, like give them some plausible deniability, like, oh, I didn't really mean that I was giving you construct I didn't mean that you were doing something wrong. I yeah. just meant that like you know, this is the thing that my other manager did that I thought was good. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that a little bit today. Like the best way to give some kind of feedback. Like it's not like you're doing it wrong. It's like, oh, there could be a better way. Right. Like, let me show you this wonderful thing that happened. It's not just hard to give feedback. It's also hard to make the space safe enough that someone else feels comfortable giving it to you. Mm. So kind of tricking them into giving you that feedback. Or at least giving them permission somehow. Like, right. You know, what's one thing that you would do differently if you were me? Mm. 
Well, raises. <laughs> Give me raises. Just money, yeah. What about the location for the one-on-one? Is that important? Good question. Depends. I think it depends on the, the relationship that you have with the individual. If it's like, if it's going to be really quick, you can probably like, hey, I'm going to go grab some water. You have time for a catch up really quick. Or like if it's scheduled, then it's definitely like it's usually a coffee shop or lunch food. Is always a good thing. You want to do it in front yeah. of their parents? You yeah. Know? <laughs> <laughs> this is a one-on-one with your yeah. family. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about like different one-on-ones that I've had. Like, yeah, co- coffee shops and, and lunch is good because you, you have something that you can kind of chew on. Like, so maybe deaden the, the secret <laughs> weapon of the silence. <laughs> People are going to have some time to like digest and like think of things. <laughs> on the opposite end, like, or in the middle end, is just like a, a, a private room in the office. And then the very opposite end is like that weird stock room that, like, we keep on having to go to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Awful. Yeah. Stop. We're like trying to do a one on one, like, at couches, like on couches, like near other people's desks. And you're like, can they hear me? Are they listening? Yeah. Or like just doing it at your desk. Yeah, like, yeah. In open like open floor plan. This or like no in the coffee shop that's closest to the office. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> or like in a loud <laughs> bar, and you're like, "Did you say? Did you say I'm a what?" Yeah. <laughs> you want to make sure you guys are are able to listen to one another and not have to worry if someone else is listening to you. I think that's mm-hmm. like the really really important thing. You want an environment that doesn't set up a weird power dynamic. Like if you have one person. And like a Herman Miller Aeron chair behind, you know, a thousand dollar desk and the other person is like on a crate. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on a crate. <laughs> that, that makes it a little weird. You're doing like the power hands triangle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think power dynamics definitely plays a role in what the feedback will entail and what the relationship is like. And the energy in the room is kinda would be weird. Yeah. But I think like the number one reason to have one-on-ones is definitely for feedback between two individuals and getting an understanding of of the person's thoughts and figuring out what's on their mind. Well, I think the feedback thing is like, I think that comes up a lot, particularly when it's like a peer-to-peer thing, you know, because one-on-ones are also super effective for like if you're pairing with somebody, Yeah, it's good to have, you know, maybe it's just like a 15-minute one-on-one and you guys go around the block or get coffee. Yeah. You know, how is this working? The classic, like, the BO discussion. <laughs> <laughs> Just coming back. Pair programming. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Episode something. Yeah. Two, whatever. Four. I think one-on-ones can be so much more than that, too. Particularly if you have a manager who takes their job seriously and actually thinks of management as one of their primary responsibilities as opposed to, like, a thing that they got roped into doing, as I think happens far too often in tech you mm-hmm. get some tech lead who's really good at programming and somebody's like well you got so good at this that we have to give you something that you're worse at <laughs> they give you so you're so good at programming you're going to be managing people yeah, now. we're going to promote you until you are incompetent there you go oh Wait, man is that a good thing is, uh, <laughs> is uh, that a good thing no no <laughs> the yeah. Peter principle oh god <laughs> oh I man i think this is this is why we need individual contributor tracks yeah that's true cool so we just had a lengthy discussion on one-on-ones why you should have them and what are some some bad examples and what you should avoid as i mentioned before every team should have the space and the opportunity to 
have one-on-ones with one another to help with giving and receiving feedback and being able to build rapport with yeah. your developers and Just your be excellent to one another. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have any teacher learns we want to discuss? I have one at the client that I'm in right now. We're working on some new functionality to the Ruby front end uh, code base and actually looking into Slim, which is a front end framework that replaces ERB is very, very similar to Hamel. And I haven't coded in Hamel in a very long time. So to actually use Slim is like amazing. Hamel is the one with significant white space. Is that right? Yeah. Both Slim and Hamel are very similar. They're like white space sensitive and you know, you don't have to wrap your HTML elements with less than greater than brackets. You could just type, you know, the class and then indent and then type some things and then web pages happen. It's great. Slim is <laughs> awesome. I just did some reading and found that Slim is actually eight times more performant than Hamel, which I thought was pretty impressive. Hmm. So anyone out there have any Slim experience or any Slim tricks? Any Slim gems also? Any Slim, <laughs> slim gems, yeah. <laughs> A little hungry. I would love to, to get some feedback on or some tips on Slim. Cool. Awesome. I'd like to thank our co-host, Dave. Always a great time. Thanks, man. And our producer, William. Thanks for coming on now. Happy to be here. I'm Michael Nunez. Feel free to hit us up at twitter.com slash radiofreerabbit. And if you haven't, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. This is The Rabbit Hole. We'll see you next time.